Welcome to the QI Chatroom. I'm your host, Kelly Bond. This podcast is brought to you by Redwood Community Health Coalition, or RCHC for short. We're a network of community health centers and a wellness education site throughout Marin, Napa, Sonoma, and Yolo counties. We formed in 1994 with a mission of improving access to and the quality of care provided for underserved and uninsured people. This podcast is all about quality improvement, or QI, in healthcare. We'll bring you speakers from our member health centers, outside health centers, county and federal agencies, healthcare plans, and more. Those speakers will discuss promising practices they've identified at health centers, the latest data on specific health topics, and engage in conversation with our live audience. We've been hosting these chat rooms since late 2018 and transitioned to the podcast format in the fall of 2019 to reach a greater range of listeners. We hope you'll join us as we share the latest in quality improvement with you. This episode is the third in our series of COVID-19 focused sessions. The goal of these sessions is to share information with health centers that can help make this challenging time a little bit easier. Today, we have a continuation of our last episode, What Matters Most to You, with Dr. Ellen Barnett. She is a recently retired family doctor who practiced for 20 years at the Integrative Medical Clinic in Santa Rosa and was on the faculty of the Sutter Family Medicine Residency from 1987 to 2016. She developed the Imagine You Project as part of her work in the nonprofit Integrative Medical Clinic Foundation. Imagine You offers tools for self-care that we can use for our own well-being and as we work with our patients and clients. In response to several recent disasters in Northern California, such as the wildfires and now COVID-19, the Imagine You Project offers trainings to organizations working with the most vulnerable in our communities. Our last episode introduced the What Matters Most to You tool and focused on how to use the tool for self-care. Today, we will continue that conversation, going more in-depth on the tool. Dr. Barnett will also share ways for health centers to use the tool in a healthcare setting with patients. Thank you very much, Kelly. Um, I was saying to Kelly before I started that as I went to bed last night, I got very excited about this particular session. So um, if I, if I start rattling on, someone can interrupt me. I'm wondering, since the last session and we went through this what matters most to you uh, brief exercise, if any of you um, had any experience with that question and asking yourselves or other people that question in the last couple of weeks, and if you might want to share briefly what your experience of that was. Uh, this is Michelle. Yeah, when we finished our call last time, you encouraged uh, me to kind of drill down on what what meant most to me with family and friends and what exactly that meant. And so I really started thinking about that in more detail and realized that for me, it was a lot about collaboration and creating things together. And so I was kind of thinking about how I would change my symbol from um, one heart to maybe many hearts somehow intertwined either in a circle or in a 
like an infinity symbol or something mm -hmm. like that. So um, that was something I did. Ah, lovely. Thank you. Anybody else? This is Spencer from uh, Marin Community Clinic's Population Health Analyst. I've just started incorporating that exercise into my day-to-day -day life. Um, I think I can speak for the majority of people I know. Is mental well-being in this day and age is pretty tough, especially since we're all kind of cooped up. So one of the things that I've noticed is the symbol, and really the, the foundation of what that symbol means changes on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's just been interesting to see the evolution of that symbol and um, just on a personal exploration uh, level. Thank you. I'd like to ask uh, Spencer and Michelle, if I could, to respond to this question. As you were in that space of, as Spencer said, reflecting daily on this question, what was your emotional state as you were exploring that question? Did you notice anything different or particular or, or mentionable about that emotional state? I guess I'll go. Um, so I do something called transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anyone's familiar with that, but it's just a form of meditation. And when, when I do that, I sort of, you know, depending on the day, I can feel energy pulsing through my body. But when I do the exercise that you showed us, it's more of a focused energy in my chest as opposed to throughout the entire body. Thank you. Michelle, I'm going to call um, on you. I think I found um, often when I was reflecting on it, it was when I was taking my walks. I try mm -hmm. to walk a little every day. So um, it was already just kind of in a, a space of just being feeling kind of relaxed and observant and yeah, just kind of, and you know, so I just felt like I was in a calm space. Great. Thank you. Um, thank you both for sharing those. This relates to COVID, I think, quite dramatically. And that is, we are beginning to see a lot of, of comments and information and attention given to, and Spencer referenced it, the mental health issues that are present in this um, pandemic. and as often with mental health, it gets a little short shrift. The fact that you can recognize a calmness or a, a focus or something that you can experience um, as, as not stressful is an example of moments in our day when we need that, literally that physiological break from the stress. And that physiological break is actually healing you know it recruits our parasympathetic nervous system away from the the craziness of what ifs and 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 concerns and stresses and it it literally is helpful in our healing and so when you have the experience of recognizing that what we've learned in working with this tool and other imagine you tools over the years is that your experience with that informs your work with a tool with your clients or patients because you trust it because you've had that personal experience and 
um, the, the, I guess it would be surprising, to, was to me, the surprising aspects of this whole learning that we've done is this question is so simple. What matters most to you? It's English that we can all understand. It's not some terminology that somebody came up with that we don't understand or we have to explain. And yet it's so difficult to ask that question. Not so much difficult is we just kind of skip over it. We just kind of don't do it because we have this long list of things we're supposed to be doing. And so to take that moment to ask the question is a powerful moment. And you see just in our little conversation here, when I ask for comments or feedback, there's silence and silence is hard for us. So we, part of the experience is to tolerate that silence because the truth of your experience is right there. You guys came up and shared and, you know, we're pretty much strangers and yet you were willing to share that quite personal stuff with us. And so it's right there accessible if we just ask the question and be quiet. And the, the silence is the hardest part. I was ready to, to cut into that silence and I had to just bite my tongue until someone said they were willing to share. So I appreciate your sharing and I appreciate um, how much we learn from that um, experience. One of the stories that was very profound for me was one of the trainings, uh, a case counselor said she had been using the term in all her work for years. She had asked her clients, what do you need and how can I help you? Perfectly good question. And when she, after the training, she started to ask what matters most to you. And she realized, she told us later, that everybody knows what matters most to them. May take them a moment to get there, but they know. And so when you ask that question, you're not giving them any work to do other than to reveal that to, your, to themselves and to you. Whereas when she would say, what do you need and how can I help? That was another job. They had to figure that out. What do I need and how can you help me? So it, it's, it allowed her to start on a place of complete comfort for that person because they knew what mattered most. And then she could go into all the things she had to do with them. But it was a, a point of connection. And it literally is healing and and addresses the mental health issues that we're all kind of beginning to feel. And, and as you said, Michelle, you go on a walk every day. That's a mental health intervention, of course. And, um, and we can use it that way. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about using this in the clinical setting. The what matters most to you language came from the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, uh, Don Berwick's international organization that helps um, healthcare agencies and healthcare institutions get better. And um, it came from somebody that he was working with and he kind of promoted it. And so there's actually a um, international What Matters Most to You Day on June 6th every year. And some of our clinics have participated in that. Uh, Sonoma Valley Clinic and Alianza Clinic over uh, the last two or three years have, have done some activities which probably are not going to be possible this year, but um, just simple things, putting up a, a card table, 
and having uh, little three by five cards and asking someone as, as the patients came in to the clinic that day, you know, what matters most to you and having them draw a picture or write a word and put it up on a bulletin board just to honor the question and honor their, their responses to it. And we've done that at a lot of conferences um, in tabling situations. And it's just a very simple, easy way to engage people who are coming to see you and to show that you really value that question. And so there's programs in Scotland and Brazil and all over the world that really have gotten behind this. And if, if you want to see some examples of that, you can go to the uh, IHI.com web or .org, I guess it is website, and there's some um, examples of that. The other thing that we've done is we've worked with several clinics, six or seven over the years, in various different levels of um, engagement to explore with that clinic what would it be at your clinic if if this question was was you or these tools were used in the clinical setting? And the, the easiest one to understand, I think, is something like a group visit. And now that we're um, doing groups on Zoom, we're adapting our training to Zoom format um, as well as in-person format when that becomes a reality again. We've done this, a good example is with Avance Parenting Group. So we've gone and given the, we have about a half an hour, 45 minute workshop that some of you may have participated in um, where we do this particular exercise and some other ones. And we've given that workshop to the parents in the Avance Group in Spanish. We have some Spanish train, trainers. And then each time that they meet, the teacher just invites them to recall what their uh, what we call their image of wellness or their what matters most to them image was and and make today's curriculum, whatever it was about parenting, relate to that image. And then they would come up with a goal that they wanted to, to work on uh, for their, often it was related to their family um, over the course of the parenting class. And so our outcome studies for that have shown that with a one-time workshop and just a brief five second a reminder each time, about 85% of the families meet their goal to some extent. The average is about 50, 60% of meeting their goal. And their goals are things like um, have dinner together every night or, or connect with grandma in Mexico once a week or have more family outings or those are the kinds of goals they have. So that's one example. Uh, the other that we'd love to try sometime is like a diabetic class where um, we give the workshop to the group at the beginning of their diabetes class, and then we follow whatever their goals are. And also we can follow their uh, medical markers like their hemoglobin A1Cs or their blood pressure or something to see if these tools of connecting to yourself and your own goals have an impact. And so we've, we've done trainings on several of the clinics around town have trained leaders that we've never really been able to follow up with too much, but they're out there. And so if, as we get back into the healthcare world from the disaster world, um, we can work with that. I am very willing and interested in working with anybody that wants to talk about, email about, whatever, how this might look in your clinic, because each clinic is different and each place that you want to start with a little pilot program would be different depending on your situation. 
and even have like a check-in uh, similar to this QI thing, but like have a periodic check-in where we can share ideas, share experiences, because it takes support. It takes um, more than just one person in an organization having this um, idea because it is new. It's, you know, change is hard. Starting a new idea takes support. So we need to kind of curate our learnings and share them so that we can all benefit from them. Okay, so I've been blabbling on here for a while. I'm sure that as I was blabbling, each of you had some thought that passed through your mind, a wondering, a question, a, a challenge. We really love challenges. So if you go, well, that won't work at my place because X, Y, Z, fine, put that out there and let's, let's wonder about that. So I'd love for you to chime in and, and share some of those wonderings. Not that we have any magic answers, but we learn from wondering. So I'm going to shut up for about a minute and see what anybody has to say. Uh, this is Michelle. I was wondering about the day. So while you we were talking, I did Google the What Matters Most to You Day and found mm -hmm. just some cute images. Uh, yeah, just realizing that it's, an international movement and mm -hmm. kind of different activities, um, like, you, like you had said that you would do on kind of the day, but of course it could be done any day. It certainly could be. We've done the card table thing a lot at, at different conferences and stuff. Um, I think it just feels, you know, there's that sense that you're doing it and somebody else and someplace else in the world is doing the same thing. And it's a way to focus the attention of your group, your clinic, or your small group in the clinic on this question and, and just get some experience with it. Because I, I'm always blown away when I, when, if I do this activity, I'm sitting at the card table and I'm handing out a card and somebody walks by and I say, you know, just think for a moment what matters most to you and stick it on this card. And they just do it. They love it. And kids do it, old people do it, they ask questions about it, but mostly they just are doing it. We give them some colored pencils and a, and a you know, two-sided scotch tape, and we have this big um, poster board of what matters most to the people that we're dealing with right there, like the, people, the patients in your clinic or your particular office or whatever. So it just takes a, a, a card table and a person to sit there and ask the question. So I, I encourage you to think about it and I'm happy to talk about it afterwards with you. You know, what we did when I first heard this question through IHI was we just embedded it in all our, our other tools. So, because it's so understandable. So we, um, we wove it into all our other Imagine You tools. And um, it's, it's, it's the place we always start because it's so understandable. Not, not super easy, but understandable. So one of the constructs that hits me and I work with a lot is all of us are sitting here doing our work from a very strong, heartfelt place. We know that our clients and our patients need a tremendous amount of stuff. And so we are here with at some, and some of us great risk, some of you at great risk um, and certainly great commitment and we have this stuff to offer. That's huge and that's important. And the patients have something to offer us. 
they have their what matters most to them and how they're going to integrate and relate to what we have to offer. We call it all these things, patient activation, patient engagement, all that stuff. You know, we used to call it um, compliance. And so to put some energy into that other thing, the patient stuff, is not what we do all day. We're, we got a huge job to do to get our stuff out to them. And we often will err on the fact that if we just say it out loud, if we say you should, you know, take your blood pressure pills or you should exercise or all, if we say this stuff, it's going to make a difference. And we know it doesn't. It doesn't make a difference until we have some connection with that patient. And to connect with them from their core values, just as you experienced when you connected with yourself at your core values, is a huge opportunity. And that's what these tools allow us to begin to explore and learn from. Because Don Berwick, when he asked us to, to when he presented the question of what matters, he did not say, ask your patients what matters. He said, what will we learn when we ask our patients what matters? And that difference of what will we learn and how can we learn from it is the core of wanting to have conversations like this so we learn from each other. Several years ago, we offered trainings to be a Imagine You leader so that you did a 12-hour training. We came out to your site and watched you lead a couple of workshops, and then you were sort of certified to lead these workshops and use the tools within your clinic. Um, those trainings were done, you know, at some central site. And what we learned from that is that you need a cadre of people in any given organization. You need three to four people who, who share some ideas about this, that this might be a good thing to do, so that there's some support for it. Because really, you're asking yourself and everybody that you're working with to, to do a new thing, to ask a patient or yourself if you're doing staff support or something, uh, what matters most? And to be quiet for a moment to hear the answer. Well, that's a new behavior and that's hard to any new behavior is hard to incorporate and you need some support so rather than um, just putting it out and getting funding from someplace else we're trying to work with individual clinics so at alliance for instance we we trained about 30 people in the specifics of the of using the tools with their patients and then another 70 people to kind of how to support that what what was what the training, what the tools were, asking what matters, making a card. We do a lot of about um, incorporating small steps towards new habits, new healthy habits. So there's some work on uh, habit formation that then it kind of dovetails into um, motivational interviewing. And we talk about that in the training. Um, but um, what we've done is just said, take a moment with a patient and and say, let me just ask you a question so we can get on the same page today. Um, I want to ask you to think for a second quietly to yourself, what matters most to you in your life? So that I can, I can relate what I'm talking about medically to what's most important to you. And people will do it. And it takes about three or four minutes. And then you, if you, if, and that seems like a lot of time out of a 15 minute visit or a 10 minute visit, but 
you learn so much from that information that then when you see that patient again, you're touching base from on their core values, not just what you have to tell them that day. So from a quality improvement standpoint, um, it, it gives you a moment with, with your patient to get on, I, I, I put it in the patient engagement box. And I know some of the clinics use some of the tools like um, patient activation measures. And I could talk about that for a long time, but th that's one of the tools that they measure. And this is a way to actually engage your patients so they are more activated in their healthcare. And, but it takes um, sitting with it yourself and maybe even working with your own quality insurance committee or a small little pilot project. So you get some comfort and experience within your clinic uh, to have people talk about what they, what they learn, just like you guys talked about a little today. So that you can, you're not just saying, oh, go do this. You're doing that from a place of your own knowledge. And that's what I'm happy to talk with each of you individually about more if you want if you want to explore this. And I've, you know, I've presented this workshop to the partnership uh, health plan board of directors, different conferences around the Mi Futura conference, the Latino service, Latino health conference. So there's a little bit of knowledge of the tools out in the community, but it takes just trying it out, trying it with at a staff meeting, say, try it at a QI meeting. I know that Beth Dadko um, got some language for me to, to walk through this exercise at a QI meeting in her clinic. So that's an option. Um, it just, you know, we're not talking about imposing a set thing onto your clinic. We're talking about learning in each of your clinics what it feels like and who's the person that's that gets interested in it and working with that person. And it's kind of an organic process within each clinic. A big thank you to today's presenter, participants, and our listeners. I'm your host, Kelly Bond, and we'll see you next time in the QI chat room.